bananas. Welcome into another episode of what is by now the only podcast you bother to tune into each and every week. It is Banana Land. I'm Sal Nicosia. And today with me, the final, the final Raymond brother of the Raymond trilogy, this this epic trilogy, about as good as the most recent Star Wars trilogy. Oh my god. Nick Raymond is with me today. Nick. Introduce yourself to the to the banana the banana land fans. You haven't been on an episode since uh, since the how do we fix baseball episode. So give people a little background on you, yeah. and uh, we'll get rolling. All right. So uh, yeah, I was on the how to fix baseball episode. Uh, it can't be fixed because it's dog shit. Um, I don't know. How do you, it's going? I guess baseball is going like what? It's going okay. Right? It's it's definitely not as bad as it could have been. For sure, it could have been a lot worse. They did, they did like some things right with it. I mean, they didn't do things as well as like MLS or the NHL did with, or even the NBA with their uh, respective bubbles and campuses. But um, I think they have definitely uh, turned a corner since the whole like Marlins Phillies epidemic earlier in the year. Yeah, because when that happened, it was kind of like, yeah, they're this is over. Oh, people thought the whole season was going to be tanked. I was getting ready to cash out all my all my futures bets, dude. Come on. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I was on that episode. I also host a podcast. Um, oh, here we go. With, plug, 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 plug. With uh, my brother, Jared, who's already been on. Uh, cue the banter. We talk movies. All right. What kind of movies do you talk about? Because I'm not really a, like a cinemaphile kind of guy. Well, you've been on. I have. You, uh, I'm a TV show we, guy. Know, yeah. You know, we, we try to – the basis of it is we give people, and you know – you know, opportunity to add things to our queue to watch. And then we watch it and we have them on to talk about it. So when we had you on, we said, Sal, you can pick any movie in the world. And your pick was uh, Rush Hour. That was a great, great film. Great film. Right? <laughs> so Wonderful that. film. Um, Zach, uh, we we didn't let him pick. We picked for him. <laughs> uh, our, our actually episode that I have to upload tonight uh, we talk Scooby-Doo the movie. Oh, my God. I'm so looking forward to it because I'm a big Scooby-Doo guy. Big Scooby-Doo. You know what I mean? We got content for everybody. Is it the most recent Scooby-Doo movie? The Scoob movie? The animated one? No, no, no. It's it's Scooby-Doo the movie from like 2000. Oh, the live action one from Spooky the Island. live action. Correct. With Freddie Correct. Prince Jr. <laughs> That's it. We took a trip to Spooky Island. <laughs> I feel like I live on Spooky Island all the time. You know, you know what, Sal? Like, I also feel like... Like, me and you are kind of in a same boat. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, if because people who listen to this probably know you. Yeah, they. I would hope so by now. We both, you know, we go to work. Yeah, man. Is it the job? We, is it the job we want to do? No. Nope. Is I'm, it anywhere close to, to what we want to do? Absolutely nah. not. But, you know, we get by. I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually getting further away from the jobs that I want, which is really encouraging. Uh, yeah. What, where this- you at? Where you at now? Uh, I'm still doing construction, um, but I'm looking for something that's a little more, uh, a little more full time with benefits. Because uh, I found out that uh, when you turn 26, you don't get the benefits for the whole rest of the calendar year. You just okay, end of the month, you're you're good, dude. Like, uh, don't don't get in trouble. Here, uh, you're done. I mean, so. that seems like a pretty that seems like a pretty good perk to have in the. Uh, I mean, because you, Sal, I don't know, I don't know if you know this, but you grew up in the greatest country in the world. I that's so I've heard. 
wealthiest nation on the planet. But, that's what, that's I mean, also health, what I've healthcare? heard. Healthcare? Come on. We, come on. We can't, can't do it. Far. Can't do it. Can't happen. It's, it's unattainable. It's uh, just simply simply not possible in, in today's modern world with all of our technology and uh, financial, you know. Oh, God, it's the fucking worst, isn't it, man? It's not awesome. So I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at some post office jobs. Um, that is absolutely not what I want, but would love to get some great benefits and some halfway decent livable wage out of it. Um, you know. Yeah, post office not bad. It's a, it's a shame that there's one entire political party in the country trying to get rid of it. But that, I mean, you know, but you know, how long can that go on for? You know, come on. <laughs> when you control the mail, you control information. I mean, that's a fact. It's a fact, and it's I would like, I would literally get you, a patch that says Newman on it and just deliver people's mail as Newman. That's Every what day. I mean. If you get a job there, it's just like closer and closer to aligning with Newman, which is, it, I mean, for some, it would that would be going down for you. I feel like that's kind of like... I feel like that's, that's coming like, up. That's coming up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The, when, the, the sky's the limit at that point. I mean, really, once you get to that point, it's just, you know, like, like just moon me. I'm ready to go. I'm here for the mail, for the parcels of the United States. So we'll see. We'll see, man. I don't hold my breath for much anymore because, you know, the more you get a, the more you get excited for something like whether it's a job or like a like a, a vacation or some kind of benchmark that you want to reach, the more disappointment you have when ultimately that's not what happens. So, you know, I'm really just trying to take it all in stride. Trying to well, be yeah, trying to it. trying like, to stay humble. Well, that's the thing. Like it's it's, you know, uh I've done that before. I'm like, ah, let's let me look at federal jobs. The be- the benefits should be good. Right. That's the like hope. at the same time, like, do I really want to work for the government? Not really. You know what I mean? It's just like you know, I'll probably be furloughed at some point. It's just you know, it's terrible. I mean, it's it's not ideal, but is anything really ideal today? Not really in today's no. in today's modern uh, modern society, twenty twenty, the way we're going. You know, I mean, especially like now, like like post post pandemic, like the whole the whole world's a different place than it was. Oh in January. yeah. I was talking about this to my dad the other day. Like, people think like the clock's gonna strike midnight on the thirty first of of December, and uh, we're gonna get transported into some beautiful, wonderful unicorn land where uh, everything will be fine and all the problems will be fixed. And it's like, no, man, we are creating an issue for ourselves right now in this year, twenty twenty, that will probably last a decade. Yeah, at least a decade. This is a years long recovery thing that we're gonna have to go through now. Uh, as far as jobs and economy and, you know, with the social issues that we're tr- people are trying to tackle, that we're trying to, you know, understand better. It's it's a hard path that we have yet to even begin to go down. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, look at, like, the social issues. They're, like, the same issues that this country has had for, like, you know, its entire existence. Yeah. And, like, parts of that are still going on. And then you add, uh, like, yeah, add the pandemic in. Right, and then add the horrible response, and then add the fucking tanked economy on top of that. And then add like, Twitter on top, and you know the whole thing is just a fucking nightmare. I know, like I mean, yeah, it's 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 not good. Like I joke, I'm a big chaos guy, but I think this is just a little too much chaos for me, dude. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I like I'm I'm all for seeing you know. Oh, the economy, ah, pff, whatever, dude. Like, you know, we're all millennials. We're all, like, self-loathing people who have no money. Like, oh, whatever. But now it's like, okay, this is too much. What do we do? How do we fix it? It's broken. Well, yeah, it's like we've been saying it's been broken for a while. And, like, you kind of look at it and you're like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty broken. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. It's it's pretty fucked. Pretty the fucked. The system is, uh, the system's not good. No. But, um, 
You talk about jobs that you don't want to be in. Tell people what you do. I uh, I currently work uh, in nuclear power. Well, actually, decommissioning a decommissioning. nuclear power plant at okay. this point. That's very cool, it, though. It used to run. Now and, it doesn't. Uh, now, now it doesn't. What what happened there? The uh, the Explosions state or what? The state said uh, you guys have to add cooling towers, and the company was like, "That doesn't make any sense for us." In order to change the way that we cool everything to go to cooling towers, the construction will take far too long in order for a ten year extension. So they decided to shut it down early instead, which is uh, which is like I mean shitty. I for sure shitty because like decommissioning means like less jobs and like things go away. But I mean, I got a uh, you know I have my my bachelor's degree in fine art. And I was a photo major. I'm sure you're putting that to good so, work, uh, to good use each and every day. You're decommissioning a power plant, right? I mean every si- I mean come on every like, single day. That's what I mean. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here, man? Right, man. I feel that, man. I was sitting out. Um, was it last weekend? I was somewhere. Where was I? I don't remember. But I remember seeing the top of Oyster Creek, and I was like, damn, look at that. Look at that tower. I could have worked there if they didn't fucking close the bitch. And I was, I don't know, man. That's It is a sad thing for the uh, for the community in our area that, you know, you're a fourth generation nuclear power worker. Third. Third generation. Correct. Third. Okay. I mean, you're, you're pretty old. Like you're pretty dad's old. Dad's family, yeah. So I try sure. to, you know. Sure. Dad's family moved to <laughs> Barnegat in 71, so my grandfather could work there. My dad started there when he was 18, and then I started there five years ago. Beautiful. I mean, I mean, after you had so much success with your fine arts degree, what what kind of accomplishments have you uh, brought from that? Success. I mean, like, that, that's what I mean. It's like, how do you measure success? Exactly. Like, how, I, like I've been published. I've, in, in a, you know, it's a magazine in Philly. Uh I won a couple awards when I graduated. I thought my thesis was pretty good. Um, but, uh, you know, there's this thing. I don't know if you've heard of it before. It's called uh, crushing student loan debt. Which is I'm that. actually very familiar with, with yeah. that. Yeah. So that was like, that was like, oh, here's like a photo job. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, what's that like pay? And they're like, it, oh, you know, it pays like 35000 a year. And I'm like, I can't afford that. Yeah, with with crushing student loan debt to the tune of you know a six figure tune, it it can't happen. Yeah, like when you're paying. Yeah, when you're when you're paying like when your minimum payment per month, if you're paying two at the same time with no deferring, is like a thousand dollars plus you add on top of that like living costs. Thirty five thousand a year is just not going to cut it. That's fucking hilarious that they think people pay can pay a thousand dollars a month because I'm paying my student loans off, and um, it's about the only thing that I can really afford. I have a car payment, but it's like you know. Student loans are just like they just take their whole fist, right, and they oh, just yeah. jam it right in your asshole. Yep. You know. So that's why it's like you know what I'll work here. I hate it. Um, I don't hate it. Just I I don't want to be doing it. It's not what like, you I, want. Yeah, it's not what you want to no. do. It's no, not what like, you have the most experience in life in. You. I mean, like, look, if I didn't go to college and I was working there, I'd be like way. I'd have like way more money than I do oh, now. Oh fuck yeah! At that point, you're like, oh, that'd be cool. I'd be set up. This would be not like you know what I mean. But when you go to you know, it's the kind of thing where it's like it's really cool that uh, since like student loan debt is so bad, it's like it's like a punishment for like trying to, f- you know, learn more. Oh, I mean, like, only f- only rich people can get smart. You didn't know that. It's like furthering yourself through education is like it all it does is create a huge fucking burden. That is. Yeah. Uh, yes. 
And that was like when, I, like, I graduated high school in two thousand and seven. Well, don't date yourself there, Grandpa. Come which on. is a li- which is <laughs> which is a little before you did, but <laughs> a little. It's actually but, actually graduated in two thousand and thirteen. So, but like you know, when when like I came through like high school, it was like, hey man, you gotta set yourself up now for college. You want a good job? You gotta go to college. Like everything was college, 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 college. And uh, boy, oh boy, was that a, was that wrong, huh? Once I started going to college, and all the problems started coming out it was kind of like this was a this is a rough choice it's the best decision slash worst decision i ever made and i I feel like i feel like that's uh similar for me too i mean you know obviously uh a difference in time between when you started college and when i started college graduated high school but uh the mantra was the same where it was you know you graduate from high school and you spent all this time in high school so you better go to college and continue pursuing your education regardless of you know what the market is dictating and what society around you is dictating. Uh, I think the biggest pitfall for me was that I did not uh, look around at my local geographic area and realize that there's only about five industries in this part of the state. And uh, a college degree is not needed for any of them. Yeah. So. But, like, like, look at it this way, too. Is that also, you look at the times, like, our parents came through like their careers or jobs or whatever. So I, I work with my father. So use him as an example. Before he started working nuclear power, he worked at a McDonald's. Right. So when he starts, all the training was, they did all the training at the plant. There was no college required. You, all, you just show up they and they pay for it. All the courses, all, all the classes, all that. You know what I mean? Now they want people that are already qualified. You know what I mean? Degrees matter more. Not that like degrees are bad, but it's like you have all these guys that like pretty much came in off the street and have these jobs where like all that training was offered. And you find a lot of places now that want you to have some kind of technical degree. Right. Where a lot of that training has already happened, which I think we're looping back around to where companies are going, oh, this person's trained, but they're not trained the way that we wanted them trained. So now they're going to go back to trying to, you know, it's like all over the place. Yeah, I agree. I think I think companies are going to loop back around to the way it kind of was, because the other thing with that is, too, that, okay, you have a guy who comes in with an engineering degree who wants to work at the power plant. Okay, great. This person carries student loan debt with them, and they're impossible to pay at, you know, what 25-year-old can you pay a six-figure salary in some industries, absolutely. But what entry-level job is going to pay an engineering student with a master's degree or whatever advanced degree enough to pay their bills, have a place to live? Maybe they had to relocate to take this job, whereas opposed to the guy down the road who they can bring in, send to their little technical school on site, pay him their hourly wage, and everybody saves money and wins and has the job. Maybe like like your dad, like the guy who's got the job for thirty plus years. Almost, yeah, almost 40 years. It's, it's almost like, like it makes sense. It's almost like that. Yeah, so it's like that kind of thing where kind of like trade schools went away for a little bit, but now you kind of see them starting to creep back in. It's just like, you know, what companies are going to do what's the best for companies. Right. That's the bottom line. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's the – like I worked at a Costco, and their whole thing was they didn't want people that had degrees and business and shit like that, which then fucks the people that went to school for business. Right. They you just know what I mean? Want... Like that weird thing. They want they want the people that end up running their stores and get up higher in their company to have started there because that, that way they can be molded 
oh, well, that's a big thing, I feel like, in customer you know service I mean? retail like, in general. I, I, I understand that from Wawa. You know, they don't hire people from outside because they want everybody to be so drunk on the Kool-Aid that they don't realize what's going on within the company and they just kind of are on autopilot, you know? Which, like, yeah, I, I think that that's, like, part of it. Like, Costco is great to work for. Like, they're a good company to work for. They're one of the better ones. Minimum wage at the time when I worked there was, like, $7. But they started everybody, and it was, like, at 12 You know what I mean? So you're making $5 more than minimum wage to work at, like, a grocery store pretty much, which is, which is good. But still, you get that whole thing of, like, it's not just, like, oh, yeah, we want to train you in here. It's, like, yeah, you're being groomed so that you do everything their way. There's no going outside of the way they want you to be. Right. They 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 want traditionalism only. Outsiders need not apply, which I guess is like up to the preference of the business. You know, that's that's cool for them. But like, what um, how, so photography, man? You're obviously you're you're straight straight away. You don't really have. Uh, do you have a clear path and direction right now, or can I say that you don't? And what photo shit? Just in general. No, there's there's no clear. Okay, that's kind of what I figured. I figured I could say that. But uh, how did you get into how did you get into the photo game? Like, what do you what what was the motivation there uh, as a young guy coming up? You know, in the Uh, early 1940s, how how do you? (laughs) Well, like it was, I would you know, I got into movies, um, um, which is like I mean, obviously apparent. Um, Yeah. And then the photo thing was like Kate took photo classes all through high school. So then she was going to school for photography. So I was a community college. I said, fuck it. Let me take a photo class and see if I like it. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is something I understand. Um, not just like, oh, I know how to take a picture. But the, the, like the ideas, the driving force behind why people take certain pictures. I, I, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, even when you follow, like, documentary photography, war photography, all these kinds of different, you know, photojournalists, once I started to learn more about that, I got more of a grasp and understanding of it. I'm like, oh, okay, I I get this now. I can try and explain myself through photos, through doing this. I mean, and it's something that... Capturing these moments in time that, you know, bring, evoke emotion and and memories and, and have real live responsiveness to them. When you look at them, even beyond like the uh, the stereotypes behind like art, where it's like, oh, that's just a picture, oh, that's just a painting. Like, you know, a lot of people do resonate with the photo medium, especially I like you mentioned documentary stuff. That to me is like the most impactful way. You see pictures from World War II or from like civil well, rights I mean. movement like, and things like that, and it's like, wow, this happened. Look at this picture. Well, Look at it. Well, that's like that's like I was I was like talking to my dad about it the other day. If you go back to like the the Civil War, um, it's like you, with that. You had a lot of, you know, oh, you know, it's, uh, they're riding out to battle. It's dying on the battlefield. It's noble, you know. Um, and, and and then what you got at that point is, you I mean, you have the invention of photography. Or, you know, so 1865, around 1861, 1865, you have like Timothy O'Sullivan was a photographer who had this photograph nice, nice Irish called boy. The Harvest of Death. Yeah, but what when that picture was widely published and seen, it was a battlefield after a battle with just dead soldiers on it. People are like, "Oh yeah, war's the fucking worst." You know what I mean? But it's that kind of thing. Like at the, for us, it's it's easy. You go, "Oh yeah, war's bad" because you've seen right. 
movies that don't sugarcoat it and you've seen photojournalists and document and documentaries you know all, you, you know how bad it is yeah and it's from these first-hand accounts back then you don't have like no you know you don't have that as widespread I, and uh that's just i don't know i mean it's fucking definitely i it's like you don't really understand what goes into some of these big events especially as a generation now where we've you know a lot of the population has been blessed not to have to experience like all kinds of atrocities in war and we've had you know we've had some very difficult things happen but it's not like there's been a big draft where it was like world war ii or vietnam where the whole amassment of the population is goes into this mode where you know you really feel the gravity of uh, uh an event like that and I, I don't know, just the pictures, photo, photography in general, it, it brings it to life for you, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I remember when I was in college, um, there's uh, we studied with at, a, at the Associated Press building, and there was this woman who worked there, and she used to show us these photographs of like um, like atrocities in Africa. And the vulture and the little girl photo um, from Kevin Carter won the Pulitzer Prize um in 93 yeah and then he killed himself and then he killed himself and it's like it's like one of the imagine taking a photo so powerful and so just so sad like but but conveying the information that there's a problem that it it haunts you to the point of suicide that that to me is just so it's just so incredible like not in a great not in like a happy way but it's no, so no. it's so incredible yeah. to me that you know that that can happen yeah, it, it's like, um, I mean, like, look at, like, you, you brought up, like, social issues now. Um, you know, you're in the era now where everybody has a camera on them constantly all the time. So, like, through everything that's going on, even in this country, there's photos of it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you automatically know what's going on the night that it happens. You know what I mean? Like, if something goes on tonight in, say, Portland or, you know, any of these cities, Kenosha, you're going to see it. Exactly. And you know what I mean? And it's like... Um, and it, it, look at someone with a phone at a at a protest, capturing you know something happened. Like yeah, it's a form of documentary. Like I, it's. I think the biggest like nod for uh, as far as that goes for me was um, when everything happened with George Floyd and uh, things were really getting wild, like with the rioting and the protesting and whatever whatever the situation that was going on. Um, I went to Snapchat to find out the news for it. I went to Snapchat and I, I zoomed in on the Snap Map and I tapped uh -huh. on that and it's exactly it just reinforces what you said even more where it's like well, live from Snapchat I can see not what the news shows me not what the newspaper shows me not what even you know Twitter journalism shows me but you know right out of the camera from someone on the ground there and that to me was so like it's such an incredible thing to be able to do in today's world think about that like you know during the rodney king riots the things that people's cameras would have seen you know it's, yeah it's crazy it, it, it's like the um well, like even if you go like if you go all the way back to like even like start at the invention of photography like how it was fucking it was expensive to have your photo taken so that's when you get into shit even like memento mori which is you know you have like a lot of victorian families where the one picture they have with that family member or of that family member is after they died right and a lot of them are paintings too, right? Like that used yeah. to be the hot so thing. They did, yeah, so yeah, you would have paintings. But I mean, you get like, it's like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's like a family portrait, but the little girl is, is actually dead. She died of whatever, but so in that they 
let's have a picture so we can hold on to it. You know what I mean? Like this like weird, like the way it transforms and you're like, oh, like now, you know, it's like, that's so strange. But at the same time, you're like, we have photos from, you know, when you're born through your whole life is documented in photos somewhere, whether it's a dusty photo box at your parents' house in the, you know what I mean? It's like, exactly. just the way that it's, it's transformed. And I think that's part, probably uh, part of why I was drawn to it is like my grandma always had volumes and volumes of family photo albums. Yeah. And, and I think it's still transforming even today. I think like down the road from now, you know, 50 years goes by, what will we look back on as like the, traditional family family photo album we're going to be going on people's instagram profiles and that that'll be like our tagged photos will be what we look at from you know it. the time I people are kids the worst till till they're grown adults it's an it's uh, to me it is absolutely mind-boggling that that is the way that you know things are kind of progressing but like i've actually started there's this like app for your phone of course it's there's called, an app like, for free, everything bro it's called free photo prints so every month, I mean, they're not free. You pay for shipping, but you get 80 of them and they print them on a four by six, like you're used to seeing in photo albums. So every couple of months, I'll usually do that just because like, I like having them. Yeah, I haven't started putting them in, in albums yet, but like, even if when I was in uh, college, I have. I have boxes of prints for projects from there. And it's just way better to have it than to have to go, oh, hold on one second. I got to go on Facebook. So now when I delete my Facebook, because Facebook is the fucking <laughs> the worst. worst place the ever. Worst. I have to change every login for everything I've ever logged into or signed up for the past fucking 10 years from login with Facebook. I have to get rid of that. And I have to download every photo in my photo albums that I uploaded on there. I mean, got to you know get, I mean? get off like, Facebook, though, at any cost. Yeah. Got to. That's what I mean. It's like, it, it, I, I just don't. But like, yeah. Um, and as time goes on, Facebook seems to be like the more polarizingly political um, branch of social media. And I think it's really just very self-deprecating when you go on there and you see like what people you know, especially I think that's the part that hits home is like it's people you know that are going to argue fleetingly with other people you know on the internet about something they can't control or something they're too lazy to go out and influence. So, you know, it's, it's really, um, it's really kind of sad to see that, that happen, that degradation between people. They just, you know, they just kind of tear themselves apart. It's fucking, it's kind of well, like, crazy. I mean, and then that's the point too, where you get to things where you're like, yeah, even those, even, you know, we're in the age now where it's easy to doctor photos. Right. So now you deal with that shit at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, it, I, I mean, you see it with photos, you see it more with video. Right. Photoshop, um, what do you call it, like Final Cut and things like that. People are editing videos. Yeah, well, and... or like, look at, like, t yeah, it, it's, it's you know, you look at it, like, and people, it's quick to edit. They make it look like it's something that it's not. So, I mean, you deal with that. It's, you know. There's it's... a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of fake journalism out there that people, you know, that's something that for me, at least, it, it kind of hits because we, I studied journalism in college and I never really got a, a proper shake at, at doing it on my own. But it's like, okay, well, anybody can be a Facebook journalist, but they can tell you whatever they want. And that's why, like, when people get up in arms about, like, oh, well, Facebook has to fact check things now, I'll believe whatever I want. No, man, you can't believe just everything because a lot of it's bullshit. You want to well, believe yeah, somebody that, else's bullshit, that's fine, but that makes you an asshole. So. Yeah, you get these people <laughs> that have, like, a podcast or, like, you know, a YouTube channel, and they'll just, like, say it. 
They're right. just like, oh, yeah, I know. I like stirring people up. Uh, it's yeah. just what I think. And it's like, we well, think something wrong. Yeah. You know it's wrong. You just said you know it's wrong. Do not perpetuate that to the public as fact. Please. Do but, us all you a know, favor. So, like, that's what I mean, though. Those are, like, the problems you run into. Right. And it's hard to control. And because there's critics everywhere, whether you're going to you're going to control it, there's critics. You're going to not control it. There's critics Oh, free speech, you know, free press. Great. I love it. I want it. We need it. But it's you know, there has to be regulations and things that go into place because, you know, you can't have people thinking that, you know, the world is flat. That's fake. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean like, look, like you look at like now, like, I mean, like photojournalism is pretty important. Absolutely. Like journalism in general is something that's in, it, it's important to the fabric of the country. And you look at attacks on it and all that. You know, it's just like, and, and like, if you, if, you know, if you ask me, like, I don't think that this country puts uh, enough, like, into, like, art itself. Just like oh, art I, in I general. Agree. I mean, is a blanket statement, like. It's not appreciated here. On in that, any and, way, and shape, or form, especially where we are in this this northeastern part of the United States, it's it and look, it's one of those things too where it's like, well, yeah, you have movies and like obviously, but like you have that. But I mean, like even just like like think about DC. You go to all these places, all these museums that are all dedicated to this artwork, and it's just yeah. so. It, but but when it's time to cut funding for stuff, it's like, yeah, fuck it, cut art. Right. You look at like art, school, art like, and music first, always. Yeah, exactly. Like save the music was the big campaign. I remember growing up, like. MTV VH1 trying to save, you know, music programs from getting cut out of schools. And it's just kind of, I I don't understand that. It's a shame because just people don't value it and it's and it's, you know, it's I feel like that's only something that's getting worse as time goes on because it's like how can you okay, so you play the trumpet and you want to make a sustainable career out of playing the trumpet. Um how do you parlay being a musician into a real sustainable financial future and you know i don't think people are very supportive of those kinds of dreams and those kinds of goals um and that you know that conveys into other things like what we're talking about now you're talking about photography like you know what was what was the reception when you got out of college like people weren't saying oh my god he's a great photographer let's give him a job right now they said no dude fucking kick rocks let's go to work well it's it's also it's also the the view of like you know it's also like the view of like people you talk to and you're like which you oh i got like an art degree and it's like oh wow yeah right. must have been real tough in college having to take pictures and i'm like ah, that's good thanks a lot that's you're you. really thank you so much for your input you know i mean? uh, love that you, you know what i mean though but like that's the that's like the bullshit you get into and that's what i mean by like people don't respect it it's the same thing like jared deals yeah with. he you're said like, oh, he said the similar know, thing to me the other day oh yeah. film school and this and that someone will fucking bitch about it and then go home and watch a tv show and it's like right. hey dude like what what the fuck? Where the fuck do you think that shit came from? Right. That shit just doesn't come out of thin air. I think that's another thing about it, too, is like, um, you know, people don't – if people can't see it, they don't believe it anymore. And it's like, oh, well, things just come on the TV, and they only take it at, like, face value. And I think that's really a detriment to the arts fields. In you know, they turn yeah, on podcasts like yeah. they turn on podcasts and, and radio, and they see pictures, and they watch television, and they just see it, and they hear it. Um, but they, nobody really experiences any of these art forms anymore. And, you know, that sounds like real, oh, like, oh, what a hippie, huh? You got to experience it, dude. But I think that's true, though. You know, like, um, there's there's people something love lost. People love consuming it. People love consuming it, but they don't want to put it on a 
you know, they don't want to like praise it to the point that it should be right. It should be it should be necessary in society as opposed to you know save the music. Well, that, yeah, that's like, but that's that's also like people have decided this is important, this is not, right. and for some reason, like it always seems like oh, music and art fall into that, and I'm like, I don't understand how because I'm like, like probably there's some court some kind of art form that got you through the day. Did you listen to the radio on the way to work? Did you listen to, you know, people listen to music every day. Well, that was like, there was, there was this, this graph that, that came out during this pandemic that was like, Oh, most essential jobs, you know, and it was like, Oh, uh, doctors and you know, whatever the fucking doctors and whatever were the most essential. And then non-essential was, uh, it was like artists. And I forget what the other one was. But it was like a, a graph, like you know what I mean, like a little yeah, yeah like a like, like a Venn diagram. And it's or something. like no, no, it wasn't even like that. It had like little icons. Like oh, little okay. People. I'm like, all it takes is an artist made that. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> in order to get your point across that they're not essential, you had to hire somebody, somebody to do that. Who was yeah. a graphic designer to make that for you? Right. It was like, hey, you're not essential, but we need you in order to let people know you're not essential. How unessential you are. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's uh, the kind of that? fucking weird. That's the weird thing with it. Right. So, so like, as you were starting to get comfortable in the photo world as a young guy, like, going through community college, how did you, how did you go about, you know, justifying, like, oh, this is something I want to do? Like, like, and what, what did, steps did you take to, like, pursue that? I've never been comfortable with it. I'm still not comfortable with it now. What do you mean? But I think that's kind of the point. But what I mean is like this: is the second that I go, I'm completely comfortable in everything that I make and do. Is the second yeah. everything's dog shit. That's uh, that's when it stops that, being fun, and I, that's when it stops being genuine. I understand that. That's what I, yeah, that that's what I mean by that. Like, right. Um, but like, I, I don't know. It was like, I just went to school. I was like, okay, I can do this because it's 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 also the kind of like community that was around it. Like going to school with other people that are all creators. I'm a big. I'm a big environment guy. I think you know what I mean? you like probably heard was... me talk about that. I'm a big environment guy. If you have people in the environment around you that are striving for similar goals, I think it becomes more clear to you how to achieve your own goals. That's that exactly. And it's, and it's like, you learn about yourself, um, whether it's something personal with you, whether it's the process of how you make something by being around other people that are making something, you know what I mean? So it was like, you know, uh, there's the a ton of it. I graduated from UArts in Philly. Right. For the listeners that don't know. But like it was cool because like even there, like each floor was a different like department. So like the photo floor was the fifteenth floor. It was all photo majors. Fourteenth floor you had like animators and film. And you had just like this mixing of while you're working stuff, there was people coming in, coming in, it's like, hey, does this print look good? Does this look good? What do you think of this? And like that was a lot of what these classes revolved around i think that's awesome too because i think i feel like arts fields you know are a collaborative effort within the community yes. as well you know if you want to see everybody succeed and and you know I, I don't know i feel like that's kind of demonized now where that we have such a uh you know put yourself ahead of everyone else type society where you know collaboration is sometimes discouraged um you know it's important that people still get together on the same level and 
and get get artwork done, whether it's movies and like how how do you think like, they make all the fucking movies in Hollywood? It's not one guy out there fucking doing it all. And I feel like that's you know something in the arts fields that is so different from business and health sciences and and all these like high snobby fucking degrees out there that people go and get to chase chase these giant paychecks, which you know is kind of nice, you know. Yeah, well, it's like it's it's um. You know, it's like that same thing where you get people that that go, okay, I'm going to be this simply for the fact of how much it pays. Right. Which is fine. If that's if but, that's what you and, want, if that's what makes you happy ultimately is just to make a bucket of money, that's great. Yeah. But I think some of it falls into like unwanted pressure on yourself to only make money. That's it. I want to make money, money. That's that's the only thing. Right. Like, you know, um, I didn't want to just do that. I want to do something that was like, oh, I can enjoy doing this. You want to be able to take something that you enjoy and something you feel you have a skill in and make it make money for you. It doesn't have yeah. to be like right out of school you get this big fat check for being a, you know, business manager or a financial well, clerical even, worker or whatever the situation is. That's what I mean. Like, I don't want to be a fucking accountant because it would pay well. Right. That, that's, that sounds horrible to me. I like I, I Like, I would rather have... Take pretend student loans don't, don't exist. Oh, right? I'll try. We're getting that out of the I equation. I do it every day. Because, yeah, I try. Exactly, because that fucks everything up. <laughs> but, but like, if you get it out, rather than have, like, this job that I have now, that's a well-paying union job, benefits, vacation, the whole thing, I would rather live. You know, I want to be in California. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is I'd rather live in a fucking ranch one bedroom house, one bedroom apartment, whatever it may be, and make creative shit. I feel like for there's way less money than I make now. Like, I'd be way happier doing that. I feel like there's a conversation to be had, you know, about that mindset in particular, and we're gonna have it right after we take a quick break. It's uh, it's Banalan. Have you been craving even more delusion? Have you ever asked yourself? What if delusional, but sports? Have you ever purchased a soccer jersey designed after a banana? I have. If you've done all these things, well, your niche is hell and this ad is reaching a very minimal audience. Even if you haven't, why not check out Footy Ado, considering you already made it this far? Our soccer podcast is full of delusions, and sometimes even sounds like we know what we're talking about. It's an ill-to-weight podcast that talks about European soccer from an American point of view. We're fans who try to be pundits. We're fandits. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Footy Ado and listen in wherever you get your podcasts. And pardon our French. Welcome back. It is Banana Land. I'm here with guest Nick Raymond today. We're talking yep. about things we love. We're talking about doing things we love and sometimes about like how you have to have a different kind of a mindset. And this is something that I feel like isn't talked about often enough. We kind of touched on it in the first episode where there were five people on the podcast and I love that Nick brings this conversation to the table every time, you know, he's on this podcast cuz it's definitely something that doesn't get enough attention. Um but it is that mindset of, you know, maybe I'll do something that makes me happy. Well, somebody told me the other day, um a hopefully a future guest get to be named, but um he said I'd I'd rather go to work and make $40,000 with a smile on my face. Yeah. And I think that exactly. that was something that really kind of hit me over the head. I never really thought about that where, you know, because I work in a in an industry now where people are constantly looking to grab money and it's like, okay, well, let's do this and this and this and this and this. We'll make this much money and then we'll do the next thing and it's bigger and it's more money. And that's great if that's your 
aspirations in life. But I think I think it's fair to have other aspirations that aren't just individual wealth. I agree. Tell me about like it. having like having a good paying job is good, but I would rather pick exactly that that exact thing. I'd rather pick the lower paying job and be able to do it with a smile on my face than work somewhere that you're like I'm fucking boxed in. I, this is just not for me. Right. Um and it's like like I said, I've been at the plant for 5 years. I never intended to be there. Like people are like, "Oh, what are you going to do like since we're closed down? Where are you going next?" I'm like, I, "Dude, I don't know." Like, "Oh, you don't have a plan out?" I'm like, "I didn't no. plan on fucking being here." Nobody has a fucking plan, a 5-year plan. Who's got a 5-year plan? You know anybody that's got a 5-year plan that actually they can no. set forth into the into reality? No. That's no what way. I mean, it's like yeah, some kind of plan of like, oh, I want to work in a different field, but it's like I want to do a lot but, of things. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like that's like every time you go to go for a job, the first thing you're like is I have that student loan debt. That bill is right, right. there. I got to make sure wherever I go, I can pay that. Right. So I'm going to take such a, a handicap. Job that pays more. That's shittier. In order to afford this, it's you know right. And you're and you're. This is the story. It feels like a story of my life when you. You know, when you put it that way, where it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop following my dreams and aspirations, and I'm gonna start working a job that just pays because I, I can't afford to continue doing what I'm doing now. And it's like you get caught in that trap, and then what happens? You, you start working a job that makes you miserable, and you look back 40 years from now, and you have, you live with regret. Like, is that what you do? That's right. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I mean. And that's the whole thing where it's like, um, you know, you get to that point where people are very like. Oh, you should have done this. That pays well. Oh, how's that paying? Right. It's like, I, I don't know, dude. I didn't fucking ask that question. I love when maybe people I say should, that. Maybe I should have, but. I love when people say that, too, t- to the point where it's like, okay, well, yeah, maybe you should have been a, uh, maybe you should have been a, a, a an accountant. How? How do I do that? How? Explain to me the process on how that works. I just go down to the accountant's office and ask for an accounting job, and they just give me a job. It's like, okay, cool. Oh, even if you have a degree in finance like that, it's like, okay, we need you to have, we need you to be twenty-five with uh, twelve years of experience minimum, and uh, we're going to pay you twelve dollars an hour to start. Yeah, and it's that, like that's well, the biggest issue. You might as well stay stay poor groveling doing what you love than, you know, you know, be miserable doing something else that you have this idea this preconceived notion that pays this buku money yeah it, that's yeah that's exactly it. it it's it's um look at, and especially with like art field type shit you get things that are like hey man could you like do this like i think it'll be great exposure for you and it's like look at exposure doesn't pay the bills right i'm and i'm a big proponent of that i remember like uh when i was in college um me and your brother Zach did a ton of internships together, and he was always so optimistic about like, yeah, man, Ocean City Nor'easters, they're gonna hire us. We're gonna work. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. And and it was always in the back of my mind, like, you know, man, like, how long can we do this for nothing and wait for them to offer us something? And, yeah, that's and like, you know, it's like it, year, uh, summers and summers and summers go by, and it's like maybe we got to move on to the next thing. Like you can see the writing on the wall in these situations. And it's like, I have to take my talent elsewhere because not only am I not, am I not getting paid here? My exposure is being limited. Yeah. That's like that. It, the, the problem with everything um, is like, so an internship should be designed so that you can gain experience, right? You gain experience and do it. Instead, the, it's too often just used as free labor. It's that's one almost of the always that. used that way. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times it's used as free labor. That's like, it's, that's a constant. Um, like you said, they're not all requ- required to pay, but it's the kind of thing where like, if you have an internship, 
and the main thing you're doing is getting coffee and shit like that, that's actually illegal because there's no fucking experience in that. If right. I wanted to learn how to make coffee, I would have been a barista. Right. I would, I'd be working at Starbucks from the time I was 17 and I'd know how to make a wicked mocha frappuccino. That's, that's what I'm saying. And it's like, um, you know, where it's like corporations feed off of workers. Yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of, it's I always love, been I that, love the rabbit trail way. we're going down with you right now. Yeah. Well, that's like the thing is that like, like, I, you know, I have a union job. I do. I work. I work for the union also. I know. It, it's just like um, it's frustrating, isn't household. it? It's blood boiling yeah, when it, you when you see it, this kind of shit happen. You know, especially that you've experienced like, it in an arts field, and now you're in a position, not in an arts field, but in a union to uh, to change that. That's the only other field that that's like it. Like I, I obviously want to be something that involves like media, creative, that type of thing. Um, but I could probably like, if, if, if it was going to be a settle type thing, I could do a union. I think you'd be not to take away from your dreams, but I, I think you'd be good at something like that. Knowing you as long as I know you, because boy, do you not want to argue with audience members? If you ever happen upon Nick Raymond in a store, um, and you just want to really have a good argument with somebody, just tell them that you just tell them that unions are the worst and let him explain to you a hundred years of history on why they're the best. Well, like, that's the thing. It's, like, like, it's one of those things, too, where you go, like, yeah, have there been unions that have been bad? Obviously. Right. That's Obviously, that's that's because everywhere has had that. But, I mean, look at fucking corporations. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, you know what I mean? That's the – and it it's like people have been groomed all this time to where their defense is always for the corporation. And I'm right. like, the corporation does not give a shit about you. You know what I mean? That's why – Bottom like, dollar only, dude. That's it. It's like another weird rabbit hole, like Labor Day, right? Oh, my God. Yes, it is. Right? Next weekend. Labor Day, every year we get to this point where you're going to see on Labor Day, thank the troops, thank you for what you did. Not taking anything away from the troops, but that's not what Labor Day is for. That's what Memorial Day and Veterans Day is for. Right. Labor Day is for the people, uh, you know, 100 years ago, 150 years ago. That said, oh, you know what? We're not going to work 16 hours, seven days a We're week. We're not sending our Steel kids company to fucking make, coal mines anymore. Making So what they did was they fought back and they died in order for you to have Labor Day off. You know what I mean? Like right. that's like – In order to have – not a union, things that the labor movement did – people now benefit from. I feel like people don't know that. I feel like people don't learn about what the labor movement is in America where where like oh the 8 hour workday, yeah, r- imagine if that hadn't happened, you'd be working like in like in Japan, that's like the most surreal labor uh environment that I am aware of where it's like people sleep in pods below their office buildings to go back to work. They sleep 3 hours and work, you know, 21 hours a day. It's insane. And the only reason we don't have that in America to be perfectly honest is because of things like the labor movement and because of institutions like unions that put their foot down and say, you know, this is not how human beings are meant to live where you, you work 16 hours a day or 17 hours a day. I mean, with no days off and no weekends and you know, exactly what you're saying. And that's what, that's what I mean. It's like, it, it's like, where, where do you think that came from? Look at that. And like, this is, I, this is the same. I, I pair it with like this whole like labor argument. You look at what's going on now and you look at the protests across the country um, whether they turn violent or not, the protests for whether it's, you know, against racial inequality, which is what's going on now. And you look at that and it's like, 
the labor movement needs to be tied in with that because it's it's important like this shit is fucking important like this is this affects everybody so when someone sits on the sideline and doesn't like protesting every single thing that they have that they're appreciative of that they enjoy in their day-to-day life a lot of it came from protest exactly you did not come to america and they said your kids aren't working in the fucking coal mine you know what i mean it wasn't like the company said hey you know what 40 hours a week that's let's settle on that and oh you know, here's all these holidays off right and i think of i think of like the ultimate protest as you know the american revolution you know it's a it's a, it's a protest the boston tea party was a protest. protest and these are things that grant us our fundamental basic american rights so it's crazy to see people who kind of hold their fundamental fundamental basic american rights in high standing today disapprove of you know protests and things like that i mean obviously everybody wants everybody to be safe and nonviolent, and they want everybody to yeah you know go within the guidelines of kind of kind of what society dictates but, you know sometimes that's not the way it is you know sometimes when you when you make when you make an omelet you got to break a few eggs and and that's just how that's just how human beings by nature are yeah that's it, a whole it, nother it, podcast it, for another podcast yeah, you know what that, i'm saying exactly but that's but that i think that's why where it's like oh yeah i could do like a union type job like that like middle class you're you protecting know, people need, it's beyond just a late it's just it's beyond just a labor argument i think because it's like you're protecting people and people's families like if, if oh yeah you know if joe if joe can't go to work because he fell down on the job and got sick or broke his leg you know a, a, a company could say oh hey joe man you're you're sol dude we'll see you later we ain't paying for shit but you know unions and you know companies that have like even the state has like legislation now that protects people and you have to because companies will not will not offer you know what i mean they'll find somebody else to fill joe's shoes and go right back to business exactly we had that big argument the other day i'm like because they do not like who who are you arguing with that it's even an argument (laughs) you were in the group oh that's right yes but it was this whole thing of like no you got to like show the company that like you know you're you're important to them. Spill and, my uh, guts to the company after I finish going through college. I, I know it's that like, I'm valuable to the company because look at my credentials. I am valuable. Oh, you gotta like show your worth so they can't get rid of you. I'm like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? So they can't get rid of you? You know who they couldn't get rid of? Look at let's let we're gonna we're gonna change for a second. We're gonna go to the NBA. Love right? it. So the NBA the other day, not a boycott. It was a strike. Right. A boycott is when you decide to stop paying for something. Correct. You know what I mean? They decided to stop going to work. Now, they have a no-strike clause in their contract. So what it's called, it's a wildcat strike. They strike anyway. They're For, NBA players. Right. They're, they're worth a lot more. These aren't middle-class Americans like, that are you know yeah, going to struggle is, to get the next paycheck if they go on strike. Now, look at this. So why this, that's why this is important. This is not somewhere that's like, oh, fuck it. They all walked out. Let's find a way to fire them. We'll just replace them. Right. They need them. They're you a necessary. Can, they're cannot, a necessary you, part of the, the for that the group. business. Yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. It's like we're not all LeBron James in our jobs, right? We're never going to be. No. But so what they did was they they strike. Milwaukee starts. Then the other teams follow. Now you go. Holy shit! The NBA does all this to come back from the bubble in the fucking playoffs. They decide right. we're not playing amidst playoff series that are that are. Going on for the championship, you're gonna stop playing basketball. And that's how that's the gravity of the situation. And that's like and and what drives me nuts is they go, Oh, these guys are all millionaires. I'm like, yeah, but what they're doing is they're doing it so you don't have to. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So 
so and what they got out of it, one of the things they got out of it was making a, a coalition that's going to, you know, uh, involving players, coaches, owners, managers, whatever, the, whoever is involved with it on, you know, helping with what's going on, whether it's in, you know, their communities, you have so many ball players involved in their local communities. Now they're going to create a coalition to help with that. Um, I think the NBA is a player's league. Uh, I believe the numbers are around 70% um, black for the NBA. Right. And yeah. So this makes sense that they're the league to do it. The other thing that they get out of that strike before they come back is, because people are like, oh, they came back already. That didn't do anything. No, they got the owners to agree that for the upcoming election, they're going to use NBA arenas as polling places. I love that. I, I saw that the, uh, Madison Square Garden is going to is going to be a, a, a voters. A That's what, like, you understand for, how fucking big that is? It's huge, like, man. People people like, know these places for sports. Why not know them for what, everything else? That. That's what I'm saying, and it's the kind of thing where it's like I, people will still find a way to argue against it. But what just happened was a bunch of people that were in a position used their leverage, striked, and made it so that people across the country can have a easier polling place, easier access to, vote. to voting. And that's the most important thing. The NBA and players, by not playing one game, did more for voting rights than the government currently that's, has. That's fucking it, insane to think about, isn't it? Say, you know what I mean? like, that sentence is so crazy. That's what I mean. And it's like, that's why they did it. But right. people want, oh, they're just being baby. What are you talking about? They they're, gave access to more people to vote. How do you have a problem? They're with that? they're act actively um seeking change and and accomplishing that change, which is much more than you can say yeah, can, can be said for a lot of uh for a lot of groups right now that are kind of putting up a fuss and and trying to change the way things are in other, you know, well, in all these different ways in our wild political climate today. That, yeah. It's like, it's like, and you know, uh, like, so like even where I work, like management had like, they've had it better because of how good we had it. You know what I mean? Like, like someone's not going to want to be a supervisor or a manager at a company like that. If the company is going to pay them half of what they were making. Right. As a as a union tech, it just doesn't make any sense. Right, it doesn't from a financial standpoint. How could they? So you know what I mean. They go, okay, look at what these guys have. Now they're going to probably have it, you know, probably a little better. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and you even get to the point where you have companies that give extra benefits and will pay more to try and avoid to form of union avoidance. Yeah. By paying people better, treating them nice, trying to be all friendly, buddy buddy. To try and avoid them organizing and creating a union. So even just the thought of having a union to companies sometimes makes them treat their employees better. Right, and and that's something that's funny because when we were at Wawa, we were we were gas attendants. You know, it's, we're not you know we're not rocket scientists. This isn't something that requires a ton of skill and agility to uh, be able to perform this do this this task. But um, I remember when uh, we all were very unhappy. And uh, I, we got to the point where we would jokingly start throwing the word union around. And uh, an area manager was in the, in the store one day, and uh, her eyes got wide like like bowling balls. And uh, the joke had to stop being a joke, or else we were gonna be we were gonna be having a hard time, a harder time at work than we should have. But uh, you which, know, which is against the law, right? But but you know, man, like who's who's calling the DOL? 
You know, I had this experience That's at, what I'm, at a radio at the that's radio the station. Like the first week I started working at the radio station, um, we worked back to back shifts where we got we got done punching out at eleven thirty p.m. and back into work at almost four a.m. Department of Labor law states that you have to have a minimum of eight hours between two shifts for an employee. It's the law. You it's it's not safe for people to operate vehicles to operate their own vehicle to transport themselves to work on such a little number of hours of sleep. And mm -hmm. that was something that I like brought up to coworkers at the time and they were like, oh, oh no, we're not saying anything because I, companies have have employees by the ball sometimes, you know, claiming that they give them, they're giving them this great opportunity and there's all this advancement available. So people will let those kinds of issues fall by the wayside and myself included, you know? Well, that's what I mean though. That's the problem. That's the problem with it is there's protections there there there's protections against them retaliating right but then again do you have the money to hire the labor lawyer to you know what i mean like it the gets dollar an hour job the money do yeah you, yeah do you have the That's money in the 12 hour 12 dollar an hour job to call the department of labor and go to court no of course not and they know that yeah. so they know they can get away with anything yeah and that's why it's like uh yeah that that's that blows. That's shitty. Oh, you are not fucking kidding, my guy. That's what I mean. That's shitty. And that's like I said to you, like at the beginning of the pandemic, where it was like, Sally, you off work? And you're like, oh, no, I'm still working. And it's like, you're yep. still working. Yep. Because all these places that people go fast food, oh, fuck them. They don't deserve extra money because, you know, God forbid my Big Mac costs more. Oh, God, oh, God no, forbid you pay 50 cents extra. Oh, oh, it's a no-skill job. Oh, they're working the register at a fucking grocery store. Oh, they're just pumping my gas. Yep. All these things. And then when a pandemic comes through, at their essential jobs. Right. Now, all of a sudden, they're we're essential. on a pedestal where it's like, okay, well, these people need to be paid attention to. We're like, I always I always tell my dad this because he's he's kind of a boomer in the sense that um, he feels that those kinds of menial labor jobs are stepping stones for people to reach better things. And I think maybe during his day and age that that was kind of true. But I think now, you know, I think these jobs are are jobs that are just cogs in the machine but they're the ones that make the machine go so they, they're necessary for people to do and and it's just such a big culture shift i think from oh yeah the ago. culture yeah it's yeah definitely to understand when, that like you when you look at like yeah like especially now with where you look at like oh you know people are working the weekends people work all these weird shifts yeah. everything's go 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 both parents are working so like somewhere like fast food is not just like oh you know mcdonald's let's go fast sometimes it's like no the fucking mom just got off of work. Dad's working late. They had soccer practice. Yeah. There's no time to make it. Like, so when you saw like, oh, who is essential? You're like, uh, these people that you're paying nothing. That people, and that's the other thing that nothing drives me more crazy than people are like, Puh. McDonald's, you want to make more money? That, fuck that. That's bullshit. And I'm like, right. is it coming out of your fucking pocket? Of course not. No. And they go, oh no, but I do this job and I only make $12 an hour. So if they make 15, that's not fair to me. And I'm like, what you're doing is taking what you're doing is taking your best bargaining chip off the table. Right. If McDonald's made 15 an hour, if fast food places went to 15 an hour and you had a job, say it was a job that required a degree and they were wanted to start you at $12 an hour. You would go, "Why would I want to work for you for $12 an hour? I could work at mcdonald's for more you know what i mean like exactly. that it makes it a bargaining chip for everybody but people would rather go now let's side with billion dollar mcdonald's because in my mind the people that work there 
are inferior to me. And that's that's that weird to now we're like we've circled back to like the art thing. Where right. People decide what's inferior to them. Right. If everyone decided though, that that everything was important, we wouldn't have these kinds of problems. If if they thought they were important on some level, but it's it's to the point where society dictates that things are valueless altogether and people's people's employment is valueless like you know oh well anybody could do what the mcdonald's worker does well yeah man anybody could but that guy is trying to provide for his family or that person is a single mother you know and and people don't really get into it that far for the survival in today's world that's what i'm saying is there's a lot of people that that look at it was meant to be a stepping stone but they got stuck in the loop there yeah and i just i can't i can't myself go with how much money i make for you know it doesn't matter if my my job takes more skill. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter to me because, like I said, my dad became a rad tech in nuclear after working at a McDonald's. Like, so that that worked for him. The stepping stone worked. Right. But at the same time, there's people that get stuck in that loop, and I just I I cannot bring myself to think that. Oh no, they deserve to live under the poverty line. They deserve to have to work two jobs because to me that job's under me. Right. And and I think that's a big I think the ego and the pride is a thing, you know, that really is a toxic a toxic yeah, thing. Like it's so that's toxic what I mean. like, in that in like, that way. It's like I wish there was more solidarity with wow. just people in general. You've seen other countries have done Workers. It. I wish I I wish I could remember what country recently did a general strike. That's incredible. General strike. That's incredible. That's like like the whole country. We don't like this. Everyone strike. in the country is striking from That's like in America. I forget like what uh when I was in high school I like I liked looking into these kinds of things as far as like conspiracies and like how to overthrow not overthrow but how to kind of stall things out in times where change is needed. And it's like um if everyone stopped if everyone didn't spend money for a day, the US economy would essentially backslide to, to a point where business owners would have to stop and say, like corporate business owners would have to stop and say, okay, well, what do we need to do here? You know? Yeah. Like if everybody what... stops going to work for a day, it's it, collectively though, not where one person takes a sick day and everybody else has been working for 40 years without a day off. You know, Everybody has to be on the same page here and take one day off together and it stall, essentially stalls out the whole, the whole society. It just stalls out everything that is happening and if that's what it takes that's what it takes but i think that unification among not just workers but among people in general is yes. so impossible to attain because you don't have to cater to, to a worker that worker is a person and that person you know that's where the barrier is is like some people even though they work like unions are traditionally democratic i know more people that are in unions that are uh, politically conservative than are politically uh, progressive, and I yeah, it's because they like every four years, they decide I I they want to vote against their own self interests, and I'm not saying this as someone who's trying to start an argument with somebody, but if your job involves labor unions, you know, uh, no, there's not a side that's perfect for it. But when you look at it and you go, you're going to go the conservative way, the Republican Party uh, is worse for unions just based right. on simple decisions and laws that they pass and they make. It's a fact. I don't care if that hurts your feelings. It's like, you know, I've been to conferences <laughs> where it's like, look, we had it good for eight years with Obama as far as labor goes. I don't care if you like them or not. 
things for you being involved in labor and as a worker were better for you while he was in office than they were when George W. Bush was in office. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. it's, it's that kind it's, of thing where it's like, I, I, I'm voting the, for my paycheck. Right. You have to vote for your own self-interest regardless of the color that goes on your, on your state at the end of the election cycle. But like you said, you get people in this loop of like, oh no, this job is under me. Why should I care about that? Right. That's ridiculous. Right. And I think and, that's and, something that is easy to get sucked into, even like for myself, where it's like, I remember for the longest time, I thought pumping gas was below me. And I remember when the time came and it was like, hey, Sal, like, you don't have a job. And Mike Bruno called me on the phone at six o'clock in the morning. And he said, hey, man, you know, we're hiring over at Wawa. I know you're looking for work. And, you know, Sal from you know high school to Sal in that moment coming out of college, there, there's a complete 180. Because I did. I got out of bed at six o'clock in the morning and I found my nicest, cleanest button up shirt in my dorm room closet, which was a challenge and uh, got in the car and drove a half an hour home to, to have this job. And, you know, a job that I had in the past defamed as something that was beneath me. Well, that's what I mean. And insane. it's like, and, and look at, and it's like, yeah, it's dumb to think that way, but there's, it's not like you just woke up and decided that there's right. things that, that point you in that direction. So, you know, that's one of the things where it was always like, um, like I always say like, Oh, I could tell I grew up in a union household. Because, you you know, things where it's like, hey, listen, you want to make sure you, you know, you go to school and that you don't want to be like the, look at, you don't want to be like the garbage men. Right. And I remember I said that to my mom the one time, joke around, and she was like, the garbage men have fucking great benefits. Absolutely. And like, that's what I'm saying is someone said, this guy's a fuck up. That job's beneath me. He takes out my trash. Well, go have fun going to your office job. Right. Well, this guy has more medical benefits than you. Right. This guy's going to get his, this guy gets his leg cut off. He's got, he got everything on a silver platter for him, you know, God forbid you, you lose your hand in the, in the paper shredder and you know, okay, bye. See you later. You're done. Yeah. And, and, and that's like, you know, like I said, to circle back around, that's like people have deemed, like, I remember I was getting, you know, going through school and it was like, Oh, what do you go for? I'm like, Oh, photo. Oh, it must be really easy. And I'm like, nah, not really. Yeah. And you know, like, what it's, I, like it, it, even, even, like even as like this the aspect of of this too like i i remember you know you, you talk to all these people you go to school with and they, all these different personalities cultures backgrounds everything and um you know what i used to say to people was where it's like oh uh here's a you know here's a project we've all been in school and had to do a fucking project before right so say you're writing a paper you turn that paper in and then you fucking fail that right. blows well, Say it's something you wrote about that's deeply personal. And you tried to explain it, and they're like, hey, you, no, this paper fucking blows. That's that not, sucks. That's not what you want to hear. So what I used to go is I used to be like when we used to have critiques where it was like, what? Oh, nothing. I worked on a project that was deeply personal to me. It meant a lot to me. I put a lot into it. Now I sit in a room of my peers, and 12 people shit on it because they don't like it, and I didn't get the point across. Like, that takes fucking... Thick skin sometimes. Oh, you have to have it, especially in the arts field when you work hard on something that's you feel is valuable and somebody who just shits down your neck. It's not good. It's not a good time. No. First demo tape. First demo tape I ever did. I remember uh, I had no experience in using Adobe Audition. I, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was recording a lot of stuff on my on my phone and like 
getting it into like iMovie and then exporting it as an MP2. And it was a nightmare and I was just learning how to do it all. And I, I create, I finally whittled it down to this process where I felt it was good enough to like at least have somebody critique for me. And I let somebody listen to it and they were like, this is awful. They were like, you sound okay, but like however you put this together is no one will ever look at this or listen to this. And it's like, you are you get that like feeling where you ha it's tough to swallow for a minute because you're like, well, fuck you. You wanna, you wanna just fucking put one right between their eyes. And it's like, you know, you have to take those criticisms and walk away from them as a more creative person and as someone who yeah, can learn, have that. Learn from them. Exactly. But it's hard. It's not, it's not so yeah, easy to say is. to you because, I mean, so easy to say, but it's, you know. Yeah, it, it's like the, um, you know, it, like, so with, with art, we'll, we'll pivot back there somehow, but with art, like, like a lot of times, you know, you have like, oh, you know, with every piece of art made, um, you, you have, there, there's at least two conversations going on. The conversation between me, the person who created it and the piece of artwork. The other conversation is that piece of artwork with whoever's viewing it. Um, and like, I, I just think that that's fascinating. That's fucking like. Something I made that can mean one thing to me. Someone else sees it and it means something different. Right. It's such a them. human experience. And I think people have really lost that lost that side of themselves in, in the culture that we have today. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's it's um well, I think it's, we can. I, I, I think we can definitely agree on on something else too. Is that uh, we should probably uh, stop and take another break. It's Banana Land. We'll get right back to it. Hey, uh, this is Cuda Bantha, and uh, we're talking about uh, the movie. You wake up tomorrow. You log on Twitter. It's retweeted. Who retweeted it? I don't know. Maybe it was Laura Lenny. What's it say? Seen it's back. Did Laura Lenny tweet about seeing it coming back? No. Cue the banter. A podcast about movies and television from Ilto 8 Productions. And we are back with Banana Land, my esteemed yes, guest, are. Nick Raymond, again with us. I love how we I end up in these breaks, too, because it's almost like uh, it's almost like people don't know what they're listening to. And, you know, they've only been gone for 30 seconds to listen to your voice. Tell them about your podcast. Yeah, so, I know. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of a habit I have to break myself out of here. But, um, yeah. So kind of like picking up picking up where we left off. I mean, just like the arts fields are such a such a dwindling thing I think today in in the society that we have. And you know, that's not true. It's not fair to put like a, you know, just a broad generalization on people, but I feel like in my experience as someone who's kind of come up through an arts, you know, background. I mean, you obviously have more time in, you you know more than I do, especially in I feel like photography is like the ultimate like oh you have a photography degree yeah what do you clean bathrooms now like i tell people i have a communications degree and they ask me oh do you work in hr so like at least it's like you know it's a little less relatable i think to the struggles and the perils of the uh the arts major stereotype yeah it's like it's like well it's like hard to work in in like you know certain things within like the art field and like oh why is that and it's like oh well it doesn't like pay very much right oh really like why and don't you like, take wedding photos like i remember this like why don't you take wedding yeah. photos dude well like look at a lot of people like would do wedding photos i've done weddings i do not like them i hate it 
And <laughs> but like a lot of people would be like, you know what? I do the wedding, so I have more money to work on a project I want to do. Right. You have I'm a like, job that a, gives I you. I have a whole separate fucking career. Right. I'm not doing that separate career and weddings. But no. then people don't want to pay as much for, you know, oh, yeah, the wedding, they said it was going to cost this much. And I'm like, well, yeah, that makes sense. This is my career. This is my job. I take photos. Look at someone who paid for a good wedding photographer. Oh, my paid God. Good money. Yeah. Look at their photos compared to someone that didn't. It's like, suppose, you know, it's like the most Night important day. day of your life. Maybe, maybe pay for it. This is kind of goes back to what you were saying before about, like, you know, people in the olden days where it was like, okay, I have this painting of my family. Okay, I have this this one photograph of my family. And they'd pay thousands of, you know, what is relatable today to thousands of dollars yeah. for it because it's the one thing that they know they'll be able to pass down to the next generation for, like, to remember them, you know? Look at, like, yeah, like, even, even now, though, like, you even got to look at it where you say, like, look at most art is only accessible to the rich. Right. So, like, when you get into, like, the fine art field as far as paintings and fucking pop art and buying, it gets it gets absurd. Yeah, the art the art purchasing business, it's, like, is, is something that I don't really know much about, but I know that you have to be very – in a very uh, it's a, very good financial position to enjoy. Yeah, and, like, a lot of people just purchase it just to say that they purchase – you know what I mean? Like, you right. get into that, so that drives up costs. And then you also get to, like, the thing with that where someone, you know – like an example I've heard is, okay, uh, you know, uh, someone walks into a gallery. They go, oh, I really like this painting. I'd like to buy it. How much money? Right. And they say, oh, 5000 They say, no problem. And the guy writes out a check for 500000 Oh, wow. And he goes, here. Yeah. And the guy goes, oh, no, no, no. It's not, you know, the sorry, sir. The price wasn't, you misunderstood. It wasn't 500000 It's 5000 And the guy goes, oh, never mind. I don't want it. Right, what are you going to do, Take, just turn away people's money? What I'm saying, though, is that, the, you know, the purchaser doesn't want it. They want the painting, but they don't want the painting at 5000 They want it at 500000 right. They want to tell people they status. paid for it. Right. Exactly. It's like luxury so brands. Get, it's, you know, that's a whole other yeah, thing, too. That gets all muddled in there. It's like, you know, it's, it's it's you know, and, and like, uh, I you know, I went to school with, you know, obviously filmmakers, photographers, animators, graphic designers, uh, fucking actors, dancers, uh, jewelry makers, sculptors, like all these things that you look at and you're like, they're such a part of your everyday life. I had someone, I, you know, when I worked at Costco, I was like, oh, what do you, what do you want to do weddings? I'm like, no. They're like, oh, well, well like, what is it? What else is there to do then? I'm like, you're at work with me at Costco right now, right? And she's like, yeah, I'm like, Walk around and count how many of these fucking products have photos on them. I remember you telling the story, yeah. And that's so, but like it's that's, so true. It's so true. Like when you go to buy shit on Amazon, the internet, whatever, there's a studio somewhere that did all those photos. Like, you know, there's a filmmaker that made the commercial that made you want to buy the truck you're driving. Like all of those things. Like you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't, I, I don't understand sometimes the, the disconnect. But then again, that's when I say, like, I think in this country, they're not respected as much. Right. Not taught as much. They're not appreciated as much. Such a, consumer, and I'm not saying, such a consumerism attitude where it's just like, okay, cool, yeah, let me get that. And it's just, you know, there's no appreciation for the, the regular everyday things. Like, nobody sits in a Costco and looks at the artwork on the box of tissues and goes, wow, somebody had to think of that. People don't think that way. They think, I need, no. I need that thing. Put it in the cart, Johnny. Let's go home. 
Well, yeah, of course. You have things like that, but you also have things where you're like, oh, I want this one. Why? Because you like the package design. You're right. drawn to it for some reason. Someone designed that. Marketing like that marketing someone... 101. Like, you talk about – I did a, a science fair project when I was in high school about paper towels. And um, I remember walking down the aisle of paper towels and looking at all the different packaging. And you have the ShopRite package that looks very mundane. And then you have the brawny package with the guy on it with the trees in the background. And you have yeah. the, the Viva one that has all these bright, beautiful colors on it. And it's like these things make a difference – when it comes to point of sale, when people walk up down the aisle, they'll pay more for it because their perception of the package changes by the packaging. And you can go yes. into a whole you can go into a whole another podcast about marketing and you know digital digital design and whatever you want to talk about, but but it does make a difference. And I just don't think people I think people are so subconsciously driven nowadays that they just don't you know, unless they've watched a bunch of seasons of Mad Men, they're really not sitting there looking at these advertisements going, wow, that took some work. Yeah, like it's it's uh, arts involved in every single aspect of everyone's life, pretty much. I mean, like even in construction, because the guys building the building usually have a hard hat on. And the hard hats usually have stickers on them. You know what I mean? Like, ev there's there's pieces of it everywhere. Right, it's everywhere. And, and like, even, like, you, you work for, you know, you work for a union. Your union has to have a logo. Your union has, like you said, stickers, T-shirts, sweatshirts. Somebody has to print those. Somebody has to own a printing shop where they can make T-shirts. Are they in the union? Is it their career to be in the union? No, but they are doing a service for a labor field with an arts field. They, you ready like, for this? Oh, well, I can't wait. I'm ready for you it. You ready for this? Usually, well, this is the way it should be 100% of the time. But if a union is going to get T-shirts printed, they get them printed from a union shop. Oh, I hope so. Same thing with our contracts. Our contracts, you get printed from a union print shop. You know what I mean? Like that's just that's just the that's the way it should be. Right. Because and, it's a and union one hand washes the other. Unions. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. To, I say, I've said this on the podcast before, and it's such a boomer thing, and I don't care. But one hand washes the other, and two hands wash the face, and that's how it should be. And that's how people get ahead in the, in the world, have gotten ahead in the past, and will get ahead in the world ahead of us, especially post-COVID. Yeah, I Teamwork mean, like, makes like, the dream work. That's it. That's as simple as that. Yeah, it, it's like, you know, the, it, you know, um, it, it, it it's like I've seen, like, you know, they have, like, memes that are... Memes are great. Memes are I love memes. Which, like, I don't even... memes in them. my whole life. It's great. Then you get into where you, like, you, you fall into, like, memes are an art form. Well, I mean, memes are an interpretation Look, of maybe an art form. You know? Well, they have... Yeah. Like, it's like, like, the perfect example is the like animation. Like, SpongeBob memes are the biggest thing. You know, that animation is art. But it's yeah. It's like how right. people are using it as you know. So you have like Dadaism, which like post World War One. Um, That's you a know, big word. Art, I don't know what a, that is. Dada or Dadaism was an art movement of the European avant-garde in the early 20th century, with early centers in Zurich, Switzerland. Whatever. You're reading um, this, or you know this? No, no. I'm reading. I'm. Oh, I'm reading. Thank this. God. Um. But it, it's uh, the Dada movement considered of artists who rejected the logic, reason, aestheticism of modern capitalist society, instead expressing nonsense, irrationality, anti-bourgeois protests in their works. So you can find a lot of articles, I don't know if they're good or not, that compare 
memes now is the new version of Dadaism because it's a bunch of people that are rejecting logic, reason, aestheticism of the modern capitalist society. Instead, they're expressing nonsense, irrationality. You know what I mean? Like, right. It, it's like, I, I, yeah. it's like a weird art form in it in itself. Is that you know, like, like when you look back on it, like, sorry, but a a big part of media and everything is fucking shit posting. Oh, big time. Whether you want it to be or not, it's going to be. You're gonna go forty years from now, and you're gonna look back and go, oh, remember during fucking presidential elections? Oh my god. There's fucking memes, dude. Like, like Pepe, Pepe the Frog. Like that. Was, look at look at that. Look at what a meme did. It's fucking insane. A meme, a, a a picture of a frog. Look at what that. Look at what that did to uh you know, to the country in in a in a very political way where it was covered on television. It was on the news every night sometimes. Yeah, like they have they have firms and shit, and like these meme pages that you see where people sit in a room and they will watch a presidential debate. And through watching that debate, they come up with memes. Right. And then they post those. You know what I mean? Like that's. I don't know how we got to memes. Well, that's but a. Fuck it. That's like okay. a. Oh, I mean, this is how it goes when you enter into a different land. You know. Just men. A fucking one way trip to banana land. <laughs> it's like that guy that Barstool hired, and I know every, we you love Barstool, but. Um, the guy Barstool hired, hired, who was like the teacher in Florida, who literally would just go on the online and engage in meme wars with people, and he became known as like the meme guy. And he actually gets paid now by Barstool to sit there and out meme people on Twitter. And that's like the thing too. Like you do it like, uh, um, what the fuck, Marcel Duchamp, right? Look, at, he's the known artist, right? From back in the early 1900s, like he, but what he did was Duchamp took a urinal and he turned it on its side and he wrote, you know, he wrote on the side of it. And yeah, turning the urinal on its side. So now you have that now. Something that, if you're going to come up through an art field, that's something you're going to talk about. Um, is it, and people like to have this idea of, oh, that's not art. Anybody could do that. And they go, okay. Anybody can graffiti a bathroom. Well, yeah, why haven't you done it yet then? Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's like the weird... Even art, I don't like. I'll defend that way because it's like, oh, Jackson Pollock, that's fucking dumb. Anyone can can splatter paint. I'm like, okay, you did do it. Yeah, How, if you think it's do so it stupid, then, right now. Yeah, you you're, do you're, it. You're, you're mad because you didn't think of it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying though. It's like, no, he did it. He did it. Right, and that's why you know he is. Right, and I think that's a and, part of that's a big part of the arts fields in general. Like even beyond painting, is like, oh well. You know, I don't listen to this or I don't watch that because it's stupid. Well, it's you didn't think of it, and that's why you're not doing it, and that's why you're not sharing in the success of it. And people really get like butthurt about that, where it's it's like a, it's like a personal attack on who they are, and it's like, well, and, yeah, okay, it, it, you don't have to like fucking Jackson Pollock. No. I'm not saying I'm not saying you have to like him or Andy Warhol did pop art. Or he drew, you know, it's a fucking Campbell's soup can over and over and over again. Yeah. but he's a household name. Everybody Anyone knows can him. do it. Even no. if anyone, even if everyone can do it, he's the one that did it and it worked. Right. 
And that's like so that's that's like that's the kind of thing where I'm like, uh, you know, it's I don't think it's as simple as people make it. I, I agree. And kind of like we're getting we're getting short on time. Um, but to kind of wrap up, I wanted your opinions on going kind of going back to the social media thing. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel as someone who's a photographer about people on Instagram or whatever their medium is that are like paid influencers or these people who take photos and they it's such a commonplace thing now where if anybody takes a picture they can get paid for it if it's marketed the right way what do you have any special kinds of feelings about those kinds of things that maybe it degradates away from the traditional sense of art i mean i think like influencers i don't know that's like a weird like marketing thing that draws people into weird shit you know um I also think it's something that would be like, oh no, the world of photography is ruined because Logan Paul did a influencer ad for a fucking protein powder. <laughs> I hate that guy. He's a, I fucking hate but, that guy. But you know what I mean? Like, like, um, you, know, you look at like Instagram. And like, at some point, this is great. I could follow a bunch of people. And like at the time when it was like, oh my god, people are using their phone for pictures and not cameras. Now it's like. A lot of people's phone cameras are better than any digital right. camera that they own. Like the, late, the, the latest iPhone that came out, the Pro Max, the 11 Pro Max, it has more megapixels than some Nikon DSLRs and some Canon DSLR cameras that you can shoot on. Obviously, you know, there's a there's a difference there in what you can actually achieve one with the other. You can could, you could still get something nice. Yeah. You know what you could do? You know what you could do is you could buy a decent mic to come onto my podcast. That's what you could do. You cut out. Yeah, you you sound like you sound like Post Malone and T Pain had an auto tune baby. Boy. Yeah. Like that. You sound like the the six million dollar man got wet one time. All right. So now that oh, you influencers, influencers, yeah. So just tell me whenever you're ready. I mean, you're talking about how like influencers are just are they're not like the the enemy of the artist on social media, but you know, fuck Jake Paul and no, those but, guys, but, Logan Paul, like, you know, yeah. that's not art. That's not look like at, people are working hard to create something unique. But but look at though, like what I'm saying is like with Instagram. Like I remember when I got it, it's like, okay, here's all these fellow creators I went to school with. I know follow all of these accounts. And then kind of like the algorithm changed where it was like, oh, here's more branded content. Here's more this. And now everything's a fucking commercial for something, some product. You know what I mean? Like to go through it anymore. It's like, oh no, this isn't just centered around people taking photos and sharing them. Now there's a weird algorithm of like, oh, I'm I'm not going to see you know, the artist shit that they just posted. Instead, I'm going to see the fucking promoted right. picture the, the posted, from, the boosted you know, post or whatever somebody's paying to yeah. have you see. Yeah, but, I think that takes away from it, but yeah. I mean... So less so the platform and the way that people, uh, the implementation of the platform, maybe. Well, like, I think, of, uh, like, what's far worse is, like, we had journalism, like, before. So you had a lot of places that had, like, staff photographers. Journalism is a nightmare right now. Yes. Continue, like, staff please. photographers for, for newspapers and et cetera. And, um, and then they were like, why do we – we don't need staff photographers. We can hire it freelance. Or, so, like, when you watch the news and they go, oh, here's what's going on. If you have any pictures, send them to us. And yeah, you can end up on I've the news. And someone goes, someone goes, cool. So – 
they tag the new they get on now now someone they didn't have to pay someone for a picture right they just put their ad on the bottom of the screen and people think they're celebrities for putting their that's their what i mean and someone the goes news. they shared my picture on the news and it's a shitty picture they just happen to be at the right place at the right time of course but it's not real photojournalism it's not quality but, content so one of the biggest examples was i believe it was after the cubs won the world series there was one of the newspapers laid off all of their staff photographers and were using freelance or whatever kind for it and there was another newspaper in Chicago that did not. And the comparison was the front page of the paper the next day. Right. And when you look at it like that, you're like, oh, yeah, this the group that hired that that laid off everybody and just went with whatever versus the people that kept their photographers. Holy shit was the cover makes a big way difference. more impressive. Makes a big difference when you have somebody that's paid to do something they love as opposed to a bunch of drunk people standing out in the street after their team wins a world series. Correct. And I, and I can't, couldn't agree more with you about it because it's really sad that, you know, people's people losing their jobs over it. And I don't think that's like the intent of people who are like the average person with an iPhone. They're not no, looking to get their, they're, they're looking to take pictures for themselves. You know, they're not, they're not taking the camera out of the guy's hand next to them. It's no, just such no, a they're crazy, not doing that. It's just yeah. that, there was even I forget who it was. It was it was some fucking uh, clothing brand. It was like, oh, submit your photo to end up on our next like oh, graphic. That t-shirt. girls, that girls like swimsuit brand that did that on Instagram a while ago. They would like mm-hmm. send you a free bathing suit, but you had to take a picture of it. So girls were paying for the shipping, and then like for the first summer, they were paying for shipping, and the the company would send out the bathing suits, and they'd get these girls to take pictures of them in their bathing suits. Okay, great. And then the second summer, they had all their marketing material lined up from the summer before, and they didn't have to pay anybody to take pictures or be in pictures or anything, and they totally yeah. cut out that part of their budgeting for that. Well, this this is not even this is even farther than that. This is submit a photo they want to do. I, you know, I forget what brand it was, and they're gonna put it on the T-shirt. Well, when you look at it, you don't get any credit for it. Yeah, no. your photo is on a T-shirt, but you don't make anything on it. No, you're you getting get a royalties T-shirt from with it. Your picture on it, right? Which I get, I guess is you know, if it's a big brand, you're like, oh, it's cool. My photo is on a Dior shirt, but if they're fucking raking in millions off of clothing, like they just didn't have to, like, so they didn't need to, you know, buy photos because you submitted them for free, right? For the hope you, you that they would shout like, you out, exactly. And it's like, oh, I got a little bit of clout for it, but it's like. At what cost? And now, like, everyone could just operate like that. Like, if every company said, hey, submit your photos, we want, we want to put them on T-shirts. People would be like, oh, cool, great. And they would do it. And then that cuts out a bunch of clothing designer. You know what I mean? Like, the fashion industry, all these things are affected by it. Right. And and it's it's such a backwards kind of a system that now exists for folks that want to do like graphic design for clothing art. And like, you know, like I listened to, uh, I listened to Maddie Matheson's podcast and his co-host, um, it was like a graffiti. Real quick. Yes. I'm wearing my Maddie Matheson, a cookbook t-shirt. Oh, I love it. I love his, I love his, uh, his like apparel, him and two tone, two tone is his Mm co-host on the pod. And he's, he's like, he was like a graffiti artist in LA and he has a streetwear line too. That's really cool. I think that Maddie, I don't know if they collaborate together, but Maddie's stuff is really cool too. But, uh, it's interesting how you can go from being a graffiti artist to a designer to, you know, somebody that creates apparel, you know, as opposed to today where it's like, oh yeah, like you said, take a picture, submit them, we'll put them on our t-shirts and sell them and give you no money. It's like, that reminds me of like student athletes. Like, yeah, come perform for our school. 
Um, oh, do do really do really well, and we'll give you no money for it. Um, you know, and that's not a, that's we give a whole you no other. Money, but you're not allowed to you're not allowed to profit, profit off of your own yeah. likeness. Only we are. It's and, absurd. And you know, you know college players that are poor, they're fucking trying to figure out how to eat, and the coach right. is making fucking eight million a year. Yeah, and you know what's interesting about it too is that I I recently saw a post on Instagram about uh, these two girls who were influencers at Baylor, and Baylor paid them to wear apparel the same thing. yeah in their instagram posts as influencers but they don't pay their student athletes who are obviously more influential than those two girls on fucking instagram which is it's it's such a backward system to me in that regard you know that's a whole nother thing we could get into for hours and hours on and talk about the end uh the end the ncaa and, and the whole system corrupt system they have but i just kind of want to make that comparison yeah it's a good comparison crazy it's crazy I mean, look at Sal. Here we are. I mean, we we're we did make it to the end. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners, the banana fans that are out there floating around in banana land? All I have is look at consume art, whether it's music, photos, paintings, movies, fucking jewelry, bookmaking, whatever it is. Consume all of it. Consume yeah. as much of it as you can. F- try and find joy in it. Support it. And Support also, local art. Yes, and also. Uh, support the middle class. Oh, please. Try to not think about yourself all the time. <laughs> and realize that if we all worked on this shit together... Things would be... Uh, I think things would be, uh, you know, somewhat better. I think I think, I think. think you have a good thought. I think you, have, I think you have a good thought. All right, well, and on that note, with Nick's good thoughts, I think it's, it's no more an apropos way to leave everyone this week. Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, this has been the final episode of the Raiment Trilogy. Um, an Ilto 8 production, an Ilto 8 podcast, as we're calling ourselves now, at Ilto 8 Podcast. Um, you can find Banana Land online at at Banana Land Pod. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can reach out to us on those platforms. Um, be sure to check us out and give us a follow see all our cool album artwork um we're available to stream you're listening so where are you streaming from everywhere so um thank you for listening again be sure to go back listen to our previous episodes nick again was on our how to fix baseball one he's got some really strong opinions about corked bats and rivalry week so be sure to check that out too all right it's been another it's been another great episode thanks everybody